Welcome to The Black Athlete, a podcast where we put the past into the present of black sports. I'm Lewis Moore. I'm Derek White. We're sports historians here to give you the historical context for contemporary black athletes. And welcome back to The Black Athlete. I'm Lewis Moore, author of I Fight for a Living and We Will Win the Day. And you can check out my Audible on Amazon. It's about the African-American athletes. I don't know the exact title. I just made it. <laughs> and and the paperback for We Will Win the Day is coming out in November. I'm Derek White, author of The Challenge of Blackness, the Institute of Black World um, and Political Activism in the 1970s, as well as Blood, Sweat, and Tears, Jake Gate, the Florida A&M, and the History of Black College Football. Welcome back, Lou. Are you? Uh, first of all, let me just say this. We are welcome back. We're going to have a special guest, uh, Dr. Kishona Gray, because we had breaking news in the middle of the day as we were praying, preparing for this that uh, apparently Fortnite uh, released an MLK, uh, I don't know, what is it, a walkthrough museum? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't even know the right digital language, right? Um, but so we had to call, a, we had to do an emergency, like audible and call in an expert to help us get a grapple of how I'm doing a hype dance in front of the MLK. I have a dream speech. I'm trying to figure out how that happened. But before we do that, I have to announce that uh, this Sunday, no, in two Sundays from now, uh, my team, my fantasy football team will be whooping up on Lou Moore's uh, terrible team that he drafted uh and it's serious there's a lot of stakes here bragging rights uh we are in a league oh. full of historians and if me and lou does not win do not win this league there's gonna we know how much stuff we're gonna have to take there's a lot of pressure no no no, no i had i said i had the 10th pick and i i think coming from that 10th pick i was ozzy newsome baby uh i i came up got tyreek I got a black quarterback, Lamar Jackson, so it's over. They're, they're like sixteen black quarterbacks in this league now. You act like it's but I got Lamar too. You did get Lamar. <laughs> I got Lamar. Good job. Yeah, and I, and I, I, I think I have Russell Wilson though. So I'm saying, yeah, you copy. You you know, and, is, it, um, is it bad that I don't know anything about fantasy football? And like this just sounds. Oh, I thought this, this is. Oh, wait, the guest is here. Wow, wow. <laughs> no, I mean, you got to kick me off already. She's like, we, I don't know nothing about Fortnite, so we're even. So this is all going to work no, out. It's, okay. it's not it's a three man weave, and hopefully Luke can hold us together. Let me say this: This is my first time playing in a long time. Not because I don't know, but it just takes up a lot of time. Uh, a lot of bandwidth uh, of, uh, you know, you're trying to prep. I teach on Monday, NFL's on Sunday. That's prep time. Uh, but now I got to see how how my guys are doing, like, all day. Uh, but I'm excited. I'll probably go undefeated. I don't know how many games there are. Uh, we're looking <laughs> good. You know, my guys can go out there and do their best. But before we get started, Derek, Derek owes me, I don't know if you want to call it an apology, but maybe an acknowledgement. Um, about a week ago, we were looking up a source from 1902. And oh, I was, telling, oh, yeah. I was yeah. telling Derek, I said, look, this is the date. And Derek, you know, with all the money at U- University of Kentucky, looked it up online because they got an online database for this particular newspaper. The same Broke one me, you got. You know, you know, I'm like the, I'm like the PJ Tucker uh, of the historian <laughs> profession. I'm just grinding out here. I got all my stuff from microfilm. And so it was, you know, I'm like John Henry, right? Man versus machine. <laughs> <laughs> and Eric was looking it up on the machine. Oh, that's the wrong date. That's the wrong date. No, it's not. No, it's not. So I had to go through, pull my PDF files. And at the end of the day, John Henry won. Man beat machine because that database could not find the article that I did. Mm. Mm, grinding away at the microfilm. So go ahead, Derek, give it up. Now, you know, props to Lou and his microfilm uh goggles and spectacles that's why he got those thick glasses like we all got because he'd be spending mad time in front of the microfilm he was right i was wrong i hope you don't pull a john henry because clearly you did not remember the end of that 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 story <laughs> where john henry dies at, after beating machine but you know congratulations built you built yeah. different okay you west coast okay yeah that's all right it don't matter because you're about to lose this week because you know lamar gonna have the have the have COVID here by week three though. I'm just like, oh, you know. get COVID three times, you good. That's what the science said. No, I'm <laughs> that's what the science said. Good. That's what the science said. My player's got COVID. He can't get it again. So he can't get it. He can't get it a third time. That's what you, you get it four third times. Time is the charm. You can't get it four times. That's what it is. Oh man, so that, would y'all we, consider like fantasy football? Like, would y'all call that a video game? Ooh, that's a good question. 
Mm. You know what it is? It, it is. You know what it's like? It is like you those old school computer games where you like Oregon you know, you Trail. Yes, you made decisions and then stuff happens. You're not actively you're not dysentery. Right. Like you're not at, you, <laughs> you're not actively controlling anything, right? Like it's some algorithm, right? Like you out there just rooting for people to make, you know, you try to make an edge. you like, oh, we should go this way on the or on the trail. And then you get killed by Native Americans. I think that was one of the ways you would die and on the Oregon Trail. Right. Like, um, and so this is the way it works. You go out there, you pick some guys. Um, I actually think that, you know. And as a side, like the growth of the NFL in the last 30 years to be kind of America's game, part of it is tied to fantasy football. It also means just in terms of fan culture, it's why people are um, side with ownership over players. Right. So even because you're managing a team, so you're picking these players they are disposable. You're trading them, you're dropping them. You're doing all the things that you would do if you had ultimate control. You combine that with the way that Madden functions in the very same way, right? You create your own team. You do your own dynasties. The players are very disposable. And so I think the fandom around the NFL is grown as much tied to that as, as much to these kind of, you know, fantasy football, Madden. But I also think that the way that fans affiliate, think about their relationship to the game, they see themselves as the own. They, they are much more align with Jerry Jones and he's worth like $20 billion or something, then, you know, the Dak Prescott, the starting quarterback, and he shouldn't go out there and play hurt because he could ruin his career. They're not thinking about that. They're like, you should go out there and play. It's, it's just win this one game. That's the most important thing. And, and so they see themselves as management more than as players. Lou, what do you think? Well, the, and, well, the injury too, you don't care about, how they are you care about how your team is right so mm. if you have Dak Prescott and he goes down oh ish I got to get on the waiver wire right because now my team's screwed mm. right but I do think one thing that's going to shift is this year with COVID protocol you know you're gonna <laughs> you're picking your team and all of a sudden you got an anti-vaxxer like you don't want that on your team right and I think that might shift shift a little thing you're not picking Cole Beasley because he's an anti-vaxxer if you did you you in trouble right um is that or, impacting yeah. how folks are picking folks things? I'm thinking about just what I saw you tweet about the the gentleman that basically was bragging about how he's violating the protocols. You remember that that he sent yeah. his email and the the memo. Oh from yeah, the NFL, I didn't one? know. I ain't never heard of that guy. I had never, but I wouldn't. But we talked about this before. Like so, when I picked Lamar Jackson, part of it was this dude already has it twice. Like I don't think he's gonna, but he's reckless, right? He might get it a third time. So let me get a backup. Uh, for like ten weeks down the line, because uh, science says that he he don't get it, but he uh, he don't get it later, right? Because he don't get it yeah. again. He's he's anti-vax and he doesn't care where he go- he goes, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, we thought so, about so that. real no. world things impact fantasy football realities. Oh, absolutely, right? No, because you're picking players based on how they will really perform on Sunday. So like, you pick a player because they throw the ball a lot to him or you pick a player because you know a wide receiver because he's got a good quarterback so you like oh you know you like oh he's a great wide receiver but their quarterback situation is terrible right mm. like you know so the odds of him getting good plays are variable right you want consistency right and so that's how people are approaching generally approach the game of fantasy football and so i think the covid back situation vaccine situation is another variable like just the way you take about strength of you know people take you know people who are diehard looking at the strength of schedule and who they play on this week and are they indoors or outdoors what's the wet like people who are really you know because some people play for a thousand dollar leagues right your buy-ins a thousand dollars and the winner takes home you know ten thousand dollars or whatnot it's gambling right um and so if you're gambling a lot of money you, you're going to take a lot spend a lot more time and I think vaccine status has to be part of it. If you can't rely on a guy who's clearly flaunting against the rules of vaccine, because there's going to come a suspension at some point. Like not only they can they they catch it, but they got fined fifteen thousand dollars by the NFL, like twenty nine guys did for breaking the protocols. Right. That's just and the first like offense. Cam, just, right. Something like a Cam Newton doesn't have it, but he left because he's not because he's not vaxxed they're treated differently within the NFL. So because he left the facility, 
Now all of a sudden he's got to be gone for five days, right? Mm -hmm. If you are vaxxed, you could leave and you're cool. If you're vaxxed, you don't have to wear, if you get caught not wearing a mask inside the building, you're, you're fine. I think cause you're vaxxed. Right. But if you're not, yeah. they're coming after you, right. They're coming. How after does that surveillance you, like right? work? Cause whenever I was reading the letter, I'm That's like, crazy. Oh, they saw you over there in the corner and out back. <laughs> they got, they got 4K. security <laughs> cameras, right? Right. Yeah, they're using the security cameras, right? Like, oh, which is such a God. trick because we're anti hyper surveillance, but all of a sudden now you're like, should have got vaxxed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. They watching you. Should have got vaxxed. Even the other time, we're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's whoa. a camera. Like, I, you wow. know, we go through our building at my school. Um, we got cameras now, like over the last couple of years, like, well, why do we, this is weird. Like I walked down the hall and we got those bubble cameras all throughout my hall. I'm like, this is, why do we even have that? Right. Like that's a, that's a problem. Um, but because I'm not an anti-vaxxer, like, I'm like, all right, you're not watching me now. Maybe you're, maybe you are watching me if I don't have my mask on or not. Cause I'm, I gotta admit, I was at campus yesterday and there was nobody there. I'm like, my man, I'm not walking through these halls with my mask on. Uh, sorry about that. Don't get, don't find me. Uh, but I don't know. Allegedly, don't know. allegedly, just, allegedly. Let me just protect you. Yeah, allegedly, you yeah, allegedly yeah. walked through there without. I allegedly, allegedly, didn't have allegedly, 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 allegedly. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to say yeah, we don't make this podcast makes no money, so we do not want you to be yeah, uh, yeah, getting nah, yourself in trouble. Right, but right. no, that's. I mean, so that's that's those are the things. I mean, I like you know, Cole Beasley is probably the most vocal of the anti-vaxxers, at least in NFL. And the real question, I'm more interested in, there's a story here when cut day comes in a week or so. And our guy's going to get cut. You know, if you're at the bottom of the roster, you're trying to make the team, you get getting vaccinated because, you, you know, the best of the best ability is availability. That's what every coach from middle school all the way to the NFL says, right? And, they, if you're trying to make the squad and you're disposable, you're in the bottom half of the roster, you might not make it, then you're not taking a chance um, on on being like whatever. If you're, a, if you're an elite player or a former elite player, someone like Cam Newton, you can try to be circumspect. The interesting person like Cole Beasley, he thinks he's the best slot receiver in NFL. He's had some really good years. The real question is, do the Bills think he's the best slot receiver? And is it worth, you know, like – and that's a real interesting kind of question. And I think we're going to see some people get cut who are going to be surprising. And part of it's going to be the coaches, the administrators, uh, GMs are going to be like, look, that ain't worth the, worth the risk. Uh, and we right. know this other kid is going to be an agents. If you're an agent, you're like, look, you want to get paid, right? Like this is the easiest thing to do to get paid. I would say worth the risk or the headache, right? Um, to you know we're coming up on the five-year anniversary of when we discovered that kaepernick was protesting uh, I, I today is the five-year anniversary all right mm-hmm. we're, we're oh we wow i didn't kaepernick realize that protesting part of the reason why they're not bringing them back right because uh, you know they said the headache in the locker room right mm-hmm. now if you're somebody like a cole beasley for the last two three weeks media 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 right like now all of a sudden your team's front and center as an anti-vax organization, right? At a certain mm-hmm. point, when do you become a problem, right? When do you become the distraction? If this is a, a the Bills are a team that are contending for a Super Bowl, I think it's fair to say. Mm-hmm. When does that anti-vaxxer become a problem, right? To to their to their goal. Um so so it's it's gonna be interesting to see how these teams react to to guys like that. Um, because, like I said, that's one of the reasons why they didn't bring, they didn't bring Cap because he was gonna be a distraction, and 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 that's BS, right? But that's that was the excuse that they used. But I also think they're gonna use that baseball stat, right? Which is wins over replacement, right? Like like Cole Beasley may be better than these other people at his position, but is he significantly better? Right. Right. And like and so he you know, this person is going to give me 800 yards where, you know, Beasley's going to give me 800 yards receiving. But this other guy going to give me 700 and no headaches. Well, maybe I'll take the 700 and no headaches. And we just got to find another 100 yards somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like that's right. Yeah, and, and I think some some coaches and I think a lot of teams do that just in general for all their players. Right. Like in terms of salary cap and all these kinds of things. But 
it's a variable. It's a variable. If it's a variable in fantasy football, you know that the general managers, dudes who are getting paid millions of dollars to make sure their team's trying to win a Super Bowl are taking it seriously. And so some mm-hmm. of the coaches are fed up. You know, uh, Tom Revere, who's the coach of the Washington football team, had cancer last year. One of my uh, colleagues from Dartmouth, uh, Jennifer King, is the assistant coach for the for the Redskins. I mean, for the Washington football team. I'm so Whoa. I know, I know, I know. Whoa. 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 I'm going to have to edit, edit that, edit out. that out. Uh, if this was the chair, you would be fired. Coach, oh, <laughs> y'all watch it? I haven't watched it. We need to talk about uh, this. I can't, oh, I can't. Spoiler, it can't ruin it. But no, no, but he's, you know, he survived Sorry. cancer. And he's like, he's he's supremely frustrated with the fact that he's got, you know, 10, 12, 15 people who won't, who refuse to get vaccinated. And he's like, dude, I just survived cancer. Y'all just rang the bell for me. Like, this is, this is the crazy. And so that's a team I'm actually looking at to see if they make some decisions and and they they may not say publicly that vaccination status was part of it but I wonder if some of those guys who are on that on that line on the end up on the cut line um, that's going to be a hard conversation so can the teams not just mandate vaccines I mean I'm I guess I'm just I'm just not understanding no they cannot mandate vaccines because they have a players union and it was not pre it was not pre uh uh, oh. It's not one of the things negotiated in the le- collective bargaining agreement, <laughs> right, Lou? I would assume. I I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't know if if vaccination is something that they've talked about before, right? Because you assume everybody has their vaccine vaccinations from when they were a kid, right? Because they go through K twelve, right? Having to apparently we had to show that. I don't remember. I couldn't tell you where my stuff is. Um, but yeah, but, but I was going to say part of it too, is like, sometimes they, part of it, they don't want to make that decision, right? It's like the school superintendent waiting for the county to make that decision because he doesn't want to get in trouble, right? Mm -hmm. So you're waiting for someone up above you (laughs) to make that decision because you don't want to look bad and say, Mm -hmm. Hey, everybody's got to be vaxxed. Right. Um, and the politics, right. right. And the politics, the politics are hard because that's going to have to come from the owner's box. And, you know, the vast majority of these billionaire owners have aligned themselves traditionally with one political party. And that political party has made um, vaccination freedom a cornerstone of their uh, agenda. Yeah. Um, but and, I was. <laughs> so, you I know, I Dallas, though, Dallas is, you know, I, what's remarkable. Jerry Jones came out and was like, look, he's in Texas. And he was like, look, at, at a certain point, you're hurting other people by not doing this. Right. And I think he. He tr- he's he's very right leading, right? And then all of a sudden he's like, man, I think he sees the money in it, right? He's so invested in the cow. He's a billionaire twenty times over, but he's so invested in the Cowboys and his ego is so wrapped up in the Cowboys. He understands that this anti-vax crap will ruin his chances, right? Can put a damper on his season. I think that's even pushed him to like, man, you guys. But he won't he won't mandate. Right? He won't, yeah, he still won't mandate it. Right, he won't be like, "Hey, I'll I give will everybody say one a thing." Meal. I watched Hard Knocks, uh, on uh, HBO. They're following the, the training camp for the Cowboys. I watched it, and I thought Jerry Jones, who who's got to be over seventy or eighty at this point, he's he like seventy eight or something like that. Seventy eight. I think he looked okay. he looked considerably oh, older since since the last time I saw him on TV. I think it's, a, you know, I just think it was an interesting moment where you feel like. Like he's also having this conversation because this might be his last chance. Like this is a really good Cowboys team, last chance to win the Super Bowl, and this is a variable that they can actually control. Unlike the other hundreds of variables that they can't control, injuries, you know, plays right. on the like field. We can prevent that. this, y'all. Get the vaccination. I might not be able to prevent that herpes you get, but we can prevent this. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> We can't do nothing about that, but we can do something about this. This is hilarious. This is hilarious. Wildcats are wilding out. I know. This is what you you put us cats. This is our our MLK show ever. This is the MLK show. show. I am going to say this really because I think the last time Dr. Gray was on the show, she was at another institution. And so if you don't follow her on the Twitters, uh, or me on the Twitters. I've been holding on to this piece of information for a year. I've been like a kid trying to hold it in, like excited. But 
Dr. Gray has joined us at the University of Kentucky. We have brought her back to her home state. Hey. And, and so we outnumber Lou two to one on this podcast this afternoon. Can't say nothing bad about the cats. That's right. Go wow. cats. I saw that little party you guys had at the beginning of the year. I went late. Let's talk about your can we talk about your party? Can we talk about that? Yo, we're we, we, we doing it even bigger. We're no? doing it even yeah. bigger. We got a ball pit tonight. Tonight oh, you can go to a ball pit party on campus tonight. We are doing I, that ain't even okay. safe. That wasn't safe at Chuck E. Cheese uh before the pandemic. Like that was a uh it's been a, a hot mess. Of, Ain't nobody yeah. ever yes. It's been a pit, a pit of, of, yes. of viruses. Absolutely. We've been side-eyeing the ball pit since Chuck E. Cheese. I don't oh, know why man. they thought this was a good idea. Oh, they keep so embarrassing so me. So we go, I'm gonna I'm gonna transition this out of fancy food, but that's a great question because I'm you know, you're my Are we doing fitness? Yeah, I mean, do you have any more questions? Other I than do. How, how much, Is that, yeah. I don't know how we, time it works. How much time yeah. do we have? Because I know we can be on here like all night. We're going to do MLK and Fortnite, but we could do fantasy football for another few minutes and then. Yeah. yeah. I just, just one question. How much time you have? My kids oh, okay, are okay. Up I appreciate asleep. that. My I kids went that. to bed. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and, and I, as y'all were talking, you know, talking about COVID, all of the concerns and things that are impacting like teens these days, and you're talking about fantasy football. Is there in any like wild possibilities is is this is this wildly possible for like the future of the nfl like to solely be like fantasy football that you have these top tier athletes and let's say COVID has just gotten so bad that we can't physically be together anymore could the nfl transition into like this fantasy kind of space can the n could the nba transition into like this fantasy space so i'm thinking a lot about just like futuristic possibilities would that ever happen or are we that invested in like the physical? Just we a thought invested, exercise. We are invested in the physical. Because I think one of yeah. one of the things that, that about sports is among cultural production, right? Art, film, music, it is still unscripted for the most part, right? Like we we want those like, you know, we we love Kobe Bryant, his legacy as a NBA player. But there's no way we could have written a story where his last game was he's going to score 60 points, right? Like, those are the kind of, uns, like, that's still unscripted, right? Like, at some point, those shots got to go in, right? Like, as much as he wanted to score 60 points, they still got to go in. Um, you know, we can't have, you know, the last place team win the championship just because we want it to happen, right? Because it's a good story. And so I think that, the, the fantasy part allows for people what it's done is is it's really broken up the 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 cheering as fans like we don't team people don't root for people like if you ask students who your team is they're like hey whoever's on my fantasy team this year so I got Russell Wilson so I'm rooting for Russell Wilson because I'm trying to win this championship with my you know bragging rights or money or whatever it is um but they're no longer you know there's, you know, there are less people who are like, I'm a diehard Bengals fan or Browns fan or, you know, there's a couple of franchises that are still like that, the Steelers and the, the Cowboys, but like diehard Jacksonville Jaguar fans, like they, I mean, they, they must exist somewhere. Um, Do they? But, I, I mean, they, they must. Um, <laughs> well, they're getting a new ja- stadium. Uh, so how do they get the a new public- stadium? I guess. And the public's chipping in like 60 million. So that oh, must be there. Uh, yeah. They're wasting well, that me- money. But so that, but that's, me, to me, I yeah. see that's part of the, like, just kind of just going all, you know, fantasy digital in that realm. I think um, that's a little too close to Madden-ish. And that feels like something we, we already have. I mean, I think that's what the esports realm is in some right. ways. I would say that's the esports, right? And and let me just shout out myself for being really good at Madden, by the way. It might be the best in the world. But um but I would say, like, we look, yeah, she's look, uh, anytime. Like in, okay, okay. Oh, I what do you have? What do you have? Okay, okay. What do you have? We'll talk you have about every, that. That's another, yeah, yeah. That's another it's, episode. It's on. It's on. <laughs> I, I am. Okay. All right. Anyway, anyway, anyway. But no, no, no. I think, like, like, like Derek says, we want to see the real thing. Even if it's like, say, like Jeopardy, right? That, you know, that guy going against the computer was cool, but we ain't bringing the computer back anymore, right? Um, and so back to my John Henry reference, right? We, we always like the man versus the machine. Um, so I, I think they'll always find a way, right? I mean, think about this. Last year, we're in the middle of a pandemic, and they, they found a way 
to play a game and they didn't miss a game where, where they should have missed like games. And they're like, nah, we're going to go ahead and play through this. So if, 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 if a pandemic where half a million people had already died, didn't stop them, mm. they don't see anything. Like yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we played yeah. through wars, right? We, we. I mean, that's the other thing, right? I mean, if you talk about baseball, World War Two, where it's like it was clear, like baseball was pretty crappy during World War Two, but it's like, oh, people need that that release, right? Um, that relief uh, from what's going on. So let's let's keep baseball and 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 bring in people with one arms, bring in people who who are, um, uh, you know. What I well, you know, bringing people who aren't black, by the way, they yeah, were signing people with one arm. They were signing people who were like three feet tall, but they wasn't signing no brothers. But anyway, that's another story for another day. But I think there will always be invested in in the real thing, unless you like CGI. And and I don't know if Marvel's movie we're good. If it's if it's a basketball game, then I just. That's one more so you're saying Space play. Jam wasn't a hit? That's what you're saying, Space Jam. Oh, I like Space Jam too. I'm not gonna say that. I liked it. I liked it. I like Space Jam. What a great story! Uh, better than yeah, Space Jam too. One, by the way. Uh, what a great story. As a you as said, a dad, you said as a it was better dad. than Space Jam One. Yeah, yeah. Ah, interesting. I, I, I'm gonna be honest. I'm shocked here. I just okay. It may be a little bit of ageism, but I feel like that uh, <laughs> folks of your generation. Probably wow. more invested in Michael Jordan. Wow. Um, so we, got, we got a whole my generation in that. That was a shot across the bow for the black athletes. She was like, black <laughs> Like, wow. And Murphy and Martin Lawrence at the end of life? Is that, is that? <laughs> This is us. We, we <laughs> broke out to go see a baseball game. <laughs> you think that's like, <laughs> how old do you think we are? My generation. <laughs> Jesus, oh, your generation. I'm, I'm an anti Michael Jordan, so there's no way I would. Oh, okay, uh, okay, all right. Okay, had Dominique okay. Wilkins been in Space Jams, then yes, it would have been a better movie. <laughs> so. Please don't get them all started on Dominique and Michael Jordan. We'll be here for another two hours talking about. Speaking about Dominique Wilkins, he did go to an MLK uh, ceremony, <laughs> uh, and Michael Jordan did not go. He sent Craig Hodges in his place uh, when they, they they were in Atlanta. It was like 90, 1990. 91 Craig Hodges talks about it in his, in, in his book. Um, but yeah, yeah. Dominique was there and that's a great transition. That is a good, actually a good transition. That was, that was perfect. To get See what you did there. So today, uh, as I was in between classes and preparing on a strong, a ridiculously hot Tuesday, uh, I get a text message from Lou talking about what are we doing for our podcast? And I was like, I don't know. And he's like, we should talk about MLK and Fortnite. And I was like, I don't, I feel like he was texting the wrong person. Like I just assumed that th- those things should not. And I was like, he, maybe he doesn't mean MLK, like Martin Luther King. And he's like, and I was like, maybe huh? I, just said, I, heard I him. was like, and then he sent me a link of him. Like I'm about to get on this MLK and, and Fortnite. And I was like, I don't understand what's going on here. Are we about to shoot up each other in front of MLK? Cause it's like nonviolence. I'm confused. <laughs> right. Uh, and so uh, I am not, I'm just going to admit that uh, I am a, uh, now I'm officially going to be of that generation. I don't, I don't, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I still play, I still play video games. I do not play uh, these open world uh, endless, t- un, you know, un- endless task games uh, that just, I don't understand them and I don't see the purpose. I'm trying to get to the credits wow. at the end of the wow. game. Okay. Like, you, you know, <laughs> like, like the credits, like I want to see who wrote the story. This is where I feel like accomplishment. Anyways, that's a complete Thank you, aside. Zelda. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, so we got to that, and then we were like, we got to have Kajona Grace. She's got to come out and tell us. So, uh, But I've not played it. Dr. Gray, have you played it? I have not played it. I've just seen clips. Is it, So right. it's playable now? Is that... I- Okay, so let me let me walk everyone since I apparently had time today. Uh, <laughs> I was like, we're yet. at our our startup. It was during our startup meeting, but I had my earpods on and my uh, screen was down, so I was like, let me turn on some Fortnite and listen to what's going on. Um, but anyway, so what is it? It's like the best way you describe it is you go into a portal, right? I don't know if our listeners know what Fortnite's like. You can play duo games, one on, you know, one versus a hundred, whatever. Then there's these portals and they created a MLK portal. Um, I think they, they teamed up with time magazine, you know, so time for a while. Uh, I can't tell you where I'd known this, but for a while they've been trying to get funding to do a VR MLK stuff. Um, and they must've got their funding from Fortnite. I don't know, but you go into a portal with how many other many people are joining you at that time. And you're on the Washington Monument and you turn right and 
you're literally watching his speech from 1963. So what are we, uh, August 28th, 1963. It's a couple days from now. Um, it's, I, they must've paid a grip to get that by the way. Cause the, I'm not saying anything about the Kings, but that kind of stuff costs money. So you're watching I, and it's the full speech. Cause I made sure I was like, damn, are they going to talk about police brutality? Yeah. You know, cause remember when, you know, when people do it, I have the dream, they forget, right. <laughs> On everything. Uh, they conveniently just, omit what, some passages. Right. It's just, you know, it boils down to kids playing with each other and that's not it. Right. Uh, so that's there. And then you could go through a library where there's a quiz. I took the quiz before I went through a part, a module where I had to learn about some things. So I took a quiz on um, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, yeah. Three and zero, baby. Uh, <laughs> they, you know, got that sit-ins question right. <laughs> I got that a uh, freedom riders question right, and I think there was one other thing um, that I got correct. And that was it. And then you can go into like this kind of virtual just thing where you see the freedom riders bus blown up. So if you listeners don't know, it's 1961 when they're in Alabama and it gets firebombed. So there's a bus, like a firebomb bus, which is, but the problem is it's like the context is like, like a paragraph, right? It's not tell you what the freedom riders are. It's just a paragraph. Like, and now I was like, I think I took a picture of it. I didn't read it. Cause like, I, like, I know this, you could do some kind of interactive games where you could push a ball up a hill with, other people i don't know what that's supposed to symbolize you can light a fire i think you get more points because some games are like a relay race with four people right um and i don't you know i don't know what's going on there but that's essentially it right there so there's some history stuff but my initial reaction was to tweet uh, a picture of mlk where he looks kind of upset like what you know what the heck is this but when I explored it more right i'm like you know the mashup doesn't make sense it's fortnite and mlk but the potential to have a very, very popular game be a vehicle where people learn about civil rights or whatever. We've talked about this before, whether it's Mafia 3, which I bought and still haven't played, whether it's um, what Cry Freedom. Am I, mm-hmm. am I getting that correctly? Right. Where there's a vehicle. But what I see in all these is what do you do, right? What does this eight-year-old kid do? He goes in this portal, maybe, and then just messes around and leaves it. So that's where I'm at. So, so that's. But we brought the expert on to hear the expert's take on this. (laughs) Well, first off, I'm fascinated, and thank you for sending it my way because I didn't know this was happening until you sent it to me. And so I know I think you took like a couple of screen captures. Even I'm thinking about even the screenshot of the um, the mountaintop. You know, where you're pushing yeah. the rock like up, you know, so <laughs> it's really just fascinating, like, you know, the how this space is being used, you know, to push this particular kind of message. Right. And I think, you know, for me, like the first thing that I ask myself, I'm like, OK, who's the audience for this? Right. Like, who 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 is this for? You know, so if we think about Fortnite, you know, Fortnite, you know, I'm thinking of their demographics. You know, it's a lot of kids. I think this is probably one of like the youngest like gaming communities that, that that's out there. You know, in addition to Roblox, I think Fortnite's pretty young. Um, but of course, like most gaming spaces, you know, these are pretty these are white gaming spaces. And it's also one of like the top tier like streaming. You know, it's like one of the, you know, the, the esports games. Like it's it's like it's like at the top. Right. So this just isn't some like, you know, you know, fly by night kind of game. And I think that's important like for the listeners like who's listening to the podcast. They need like. Fortnite is like the um, it, it like top to like NBA, NFL of like the sports where it, it's it's up there. And the fact that they have this in there, I mean, kudos to them, maybe. But I, and I think it's, it's a good first step. And I also you know, I think the thing that um, um, something that I think uh, the black black girl gamers that that tweeted out and I think is like a good point, you know, because a lot of people, you know, we were, we're all throwing shade. We was like, oh, what is this? And, you know, black girl gamers was like, OK, well, let's just let's, let's give them a chance. Because this could be maybe part of their, um, you know, I remember, you know, back when, you know, George Floyd, you know, uh, was murdered. Then everybody espoused Black Lives Matter once again. And they had statements. And this could be one of the things that, you know, wh- who's the company? Epic, that Epic might be doing to uphold, you know, the statement that they released. So like, OK, we're going to do better about like content, like in games. So then I think, you know, um, um, you know, Fortnite is also like the space that has we this isn't like the first time they've done like black content, right? Do you all remember it was a couple months ago? I think, you know, uh Killer Mike and Jamel Hill, like there was like a whole black panel just talking about black issues in Fortnite. Y'all don't remember that? 
Mm. My goodness, hold on. Let me send this to y'all because this is the like important to see. Thing I heard from Killer Mike was his song with Outcast about twenty years. No, but just kidding. Uh, uh, mm. Wow, shots no, fired. No, that, that, that Killer Mike. No, that, that's a West Coast guy. That is not me. Um, that was Lou Moore. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Matthew. Roots. What? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I just thought you were gonna say something about the LeBron skin or whatever. Uh, but I, I'll have to check that out. I'll have to check that out. But I was gonna say. I like that idea, like that. Give them the chance because we do, we do throw shade, and I, and, I, yeah. and I think I threw some shade first, but just like because it's weird. But you don't want people to back off, right? Like maybe, maybe it's how do we make it better? But the idea that you have this super popular game doing this because if I, if I'm correct, last year when the NBA players went on strike, there was that was part of the NBA live game, right? Um, right, like there was um, there was something about black lives matter on that right so you can do the games can be a vehicle for learning it's not replacing us academics by the way uh by our books but they can right right so so i guess it's how do you i don't want to say it's like the flip cr- classroom or, or something like that but it's how do you get people to learn right we all in our classroom we do different things right i you know sports is my way to 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 sh- to use a window i know that's a lack of better term right um to to talk about race to talk about gender to talk about ethnicity to talk about class right you could do that via sports here's gaming and as you said gaming has a really bad reputation for just being racist like i don't let my kids get on and play on Fortnite, like a squad game with your mic on because you're going to play you're going to hear some stuff that you don't that i don't want him to hear or or her to hear right um, and here you have this, like you said, a major, major game taking a chance. Um, it's basic history and that's fine because it's not, maybe that's not the place for that, but I think yeah. it, it, there's an opportunity. Hire me Epic Games, by the way. Uh, <laughs> all of us. No, let me yeah, hire us. Yeah. There's an opportunity this, this, this is a three man. We, we got, we can, we can run it. Don't be selfish over there. Let me, can I, let me just for our listeners, because I know we got listeners who are sports folks who, who may not be in this e-gaming world. But when, when Dr. Gray talks about this is one of the largest games we're talking about, I looked, it's like 350 million users in 2021. Apparently that's the projected number. 300 like that's what's the population of the united states oh that's a good question 350 million so like, like, like but, like, but three or four of those users come from my house right like all my kids <laughs> play, I, play, I was playing it you know with my daughter my nine-year-old daughter earlier today we you know i got second place i'll blame her she rushed when i told her not to rush right it was two on one she rushed in there I was like nah let's just kick back we got this guy and she rushed and and i'm no good at it so <laughs> Yeah. We lost. Um, so, so your your question about population: three hundred and thirty million folks live in the U.S. So there are more users in Fortnite, projected users this year in Fortnite than there are citizens. Any citizens in the U.S. And, and I'll say, although it's a free game, it's it can get pricely, right? Because your kids. I mean, there's a time where everything was Fortnite, Fortnite, Fortnite. This, I don't know how their money my, money's made up. If Marty Burr is out there, like just following money like the ozarks or something but you think it's about it you buy a skin model. right right you buy a skin and the skin is like so you could buy a lebron james skin for it says 1200 v bucks my kids don't understand that's 12 dollars, right that's 12 dollars i'm paying for some character that i'm not getting back i can't I, I don't know how i'm gonna sell that right like you're just throwing money down the tubes it's such a weird thing but we buy we as parents buy into that like oh okay let me get this gift card real quick so we can re-up you buy you some more b-bucks whatever at gamestop um how much you spend it, in a month oh um, uh have you added it up don't 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 do it don't do it i'm sorry i'm sorry don't do i know i i you know what it is when it's their birthday or something i'll go big and buy them a gang of V-Bucks. Um, but I also have a membership to GameStop. And what is it? For like 15 bucks a year, but you get $5 off once a month. And so what I'll do is I'll just buy a $10 gift card. Uh, they have Nintendo Switches. So I'll buy a $10 gift card for 5 bucks every every month. And that's so smart. that's how I, And I'll just you know use it like that. Um, but yeah, sometimes, oh, I want the skin. I want the skin. I'm like, oh, okay. It's only... <laughs> All the V-Bucks. Then you think about it like, damn, that's a lot of money to be. It's nickel and diamond. They nickel and dime. Like one month I sat down, I was like, oh, we spent this much money in this game. So we had to have like a limit. I'm like, okay, you can't get no more than this amount. 
Because it is just like, oh, $5? Because in our mind, it's like $5 is not that big of a deal. But if it's $5 every day for two kids, hey, who the math major? Add that up. That's yeah. a lot of money. Yeah, that's, that's like a lot $300 a month. Hey, yeah, but that's how that's how the, <laughs> so that's how big this game is, though. And for them to do something like this, and, and I think you get... I think you get a decal or something that says DC 63 on it, uh, you know, to, to remember the speech and stuff like that. So, but again, what do you do with that decal? It's just in the game. I don't know how to find it. It's not like, it's not like I could pull it out the gate, right? There's no, I, they ha- I haven't figured out how to sell them. It's like top. Got my shot, MLK right? merch. That's all the right, kids right. talking about. Got my MLK merch. Right. That's what, like, I, we that's don't have the MLK like a, like skin, Black Lives Matter yeah. drip. Right, right, right. Right. No, no, I don't think there, there's not a skin in, in the game where you can play as a Yeah. Yes. But when that Malcolm X skin comes, no, I'm just kidding. I am. <laughs> when no. it dropped. But when it dropped, though. <laughs> that Black Panther skin comes out. We, <laughs> we about to not, cop not, that. Not Black Panther the Marvel, but Black Panther, Black Panther. Black Panther, Black Panthers. Black Panthers. Um, but it Wait, is, is it like, really? a, yeah. Go ahead. Huh. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just say it's a weird thing because it's the, the game's a shoot 'em up, bang, bang game. And, you know, as parents, we let our kids play because there's no blood involved. But key, I don't know. I don't know if MLK, the parent, is going to be like, yeah, play Fortnite. Um, so, so what would Dr. King say? We never got a chance to see that. Yeah. What would Dr. Yeah, King yeah. say? Either one. The, for those, I know both y'all historians. What I would think, Dr. King say about this? I game? think that the violence. In the, that the that the game is known for would be is utterly problematic for Dr. King in a way, like not because there's not blood. I just think that there's that's what it is. Like that that he once he was committed to nonviolence, he was committed not as a philosophy, like not as a political philosophy, but as a personal kind of ideology, right? And that really meant nonviolence, right? Like, you know, one of the things that he does near the end of his career is he's always talking with these young people, right? Like he's talking with these young people who are tired of the civil rights movement, who are moving towards black power. And they're like, we fed, we ain't turning the other cheek. And he was, he's constantly counseling them that that's what they need to do. And the whole game premise is like, how can I go to the top as an individual by taking out all these other people? Like there's like, there's some interesting logics that I think are contradictory um, not just the, you know, like, I think the super, I'll say superficial nature of like, how do we put King in front of, uh, uh, you know, you sit and watch his speech and, and then the characters do the dance. Like, I think it's, it's kind the of floss? absurd. It's, well, it's just absurd. And I think it trivializes King in a, when we don't take King that seriously right now. Right. But, but I, but we gotta be. But I would say this. I'd say this. I don't want to get like super conservative. Like the game, I don't know. Would get King uh, or King be like super conservative, like gangs, uh, games, and and violence? But I would say this. And and when we had Doctor Gray on, oh my gosh, almost for Christmas, right? Our Christmas esports have said something very profound about just internet access, right? I think I would like to imagine someone like a Doctor King talking about equity and internet access right and, and poverty and class right so so maybe fortnite is a vehicle to talk about how a lot of people don't have the same access to things right when it comes to bandwidth or the internet um that's how i like to imagine them it's the same thing we brought up the stadium and stuff i think you know dr q would be talking about public dollars going to stadiums and, and like if we're just talking about this um, this imaginary king who, who, if my math is correct, would be almost ninety, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Right? What would he be talking about? And 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 maybe he wouldn't, right? Because it's not like John Lewis was doing this or or, or Jesse Jackson. I don't know what he's doing now, but hope he gets better from 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 COVID. But still, I think that there is when we talk about game and we talk about the internet. That's a way to see like class and equity. Um, in America, because not everybody has this kind of equal access. I know we're going on a total different direction, um, but it no, is. But I think like it I makes say, sense, it's just though. weird to have ha- have people flossing in front of MLK stuff. But yeah, you know, I, it's like an eight year old kid. Yeah. Can I say just one other thing? Is like in this particular moment, right on this day, right where we saw activists in Washington D.C. protesting for the passage of the John Lewis Voting Rights you know, act and the securing of the Voting Rights Act. This seems to me to be off kilter, right? Because you talked about all the money that you personally have spent 
in this game. And when we multiply that out times 300 million people, they're clearly rolling in particular kinds of dough. And are they? And so what would be much more instrumental would be like, look, we are honoring Dr. King's speech by making a hefty donation to this voting opportunity, you know, in support of this Voting Rights Act. And we are encouraging our, you know, folks to do X, Y, and Z. To me, that's a much more valuable, tangible kind of thing than to say, you need to hear this Dr. King speech that they play, you know, more of now than they did 20 years ago, but they still, you know, that they can hear on MLK Day. Uh, The NBA runs it, you know? Um, And so I think that there's a, you know, I think if we're just thinking about the civil rights and giving them the benefit of the doubt, like, I wonder who's in the room and saying, well, what are the other options that we can do? Besides this, because I think this is an interesting gaming concept. I do think, but I, I don't know if a game this big with this kind of legacy is, is it, it is ideal video. Because I think if you're if you're the King family or if you're the civil rights movement, you want 300 million people to be possibly be instructed by it. But at the same time, is do you need 300 million people flossing in front of King? It's just a couple. <laughs> well, I would say again, it's just like. It's I'm, it's the vehicle, ah. right? It's, it's it's an opportunity. The problem is is that there's no breakout room, right? And 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 it is it is how people are learning, right? These kind of quick hits. It's it's I, I don't want a spoiler on um the chair. So so earmuffs if you if you want to get spoiled. But it's that right? It's remember when Yaz, sorry, sorry, when Yaz is teaching and the older white professor's in there and he's just like, oh, what are you doing? Right. Like they're learning, they're rapping about Moby Dick and, you know, they're doing poetry about Moby Dick. They're not really reading the whole thing, but she's like, look, they're engaged in it. And I think we're at this moment where, where some, you know, we do these kind of things. Some people have essays where it's like the, un- I don't know what it's called. What do you call it? An essay. And all of a sudden students are like coloring like collages in maps and like, what the heck is this? Or for, for a project, students are tweeting instead of writing, or we'll let our students do, um, what do you call them? Them TikToks or whatever. Like, and you know, like, oh, this is a great idea. How long do you do these TikToks? Like 10, 15 minutes? Uh, no, a minute. I'm like, wait a minute. Right. You have a uh you have an essay, traditional essay, and like, nah, a minute of TikTok is the same thing, right? So we do these things. And I think this is and no, no knock on anybody who does that because I would love to have the the guts to say, hey, make a one minute TikTok. And and I just I can't even do it myself. I would love to be able to do that. Um, so no knock on that, but I think we're at that point where part of learning is, okay, we're going to go to Fortnite and we're going to watch this MLK module. It could have been better, could have had a breakout room, but I think that's where we're, we're at with this. Um, but again, to me, it's like the potential of what you can actually do, right? Because if you could do MLK, imagine if we could do other things, right? Imagine if all of a sudden... We're doing Septima, Septima Clark, and we're talking about that's voting, what I was going right? to ask. Like, like in in the ideal world, if you could have directed this Fortnite thing, who would you have put up there, and how would you have like done it? Oh, you know what? It would have been interesting because I think that what gets lost is the kind of violence that nonviolence folks face, right? So, like, giving you know, if you're the playable character, you become the activist. And you gotta, you can march and you can do this stuff. And these people are going to try to beat you up and throw you in jail, right? Like, let's have that conversation, right? Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm also reminded of uh, which one of those games was it? Um, Assassin's Creed that had the the slave rebellion in it, right? Hey, like, we did, yeah, cry free, yeah, we brought it up, like, yeah. And, and I think like it's that same problem, right? Like, you know, it's like we want to we want to get into this touch into this area, but like. Like we know from our work that mainstream audiences are not comfortable with black protagonists <laughs> right. and, and who are asserting their freedoms, like in real ways, right? That's and right. so the that's reason, why we got Dr. King on Fortnite. He tested well with audiences. He tested right. well, right? Because and, and he got assassinated too, and no one brings that up, right? It's just yeah. it's weird. That's the other weird part about it. this guy was 39 years old when he's assassinated, and it's just you just leave him in this very uh, 
in that moment, 1963 moment, right? right? That's that the nice and not, safe one, mm-hmm. right? It's not him going to Chicago, it's not him, you know, dealing with LA, it's not him anti war, right? As None we the pull out of war, in Memphis. We, we're, no. wait, we're in the middle of like pulling out of Afghanistan, right? It's right. none of that, it's just this moment. Um, but it's to me, that's the possibility that 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 we dream of, right? Like the VR world, right? What you can do. I know, you know, Hassan's working with some stuff, but you could like, I think if somebody was smart, they would create this kind of virtual reality. Okay. Now you're a freedom writer and you get to see that you get to mm-hmm. feel that, right? You're, you're the, you're a person at the sit in and you get to feel that you get to see that you just like the sit inners would practice that, right? If mm-hmm. you watch um, eyes on a prize, they literally went through practices, to deal with it, you could do that in a VR world. So the capabilities of doing that kind of stuff, how we learn, um, if we're talking about, you know, Jackie Robinson and and just hearing all the vitriol that he had to go through. Um, John Carlos, I've, I've talked to this before. I wanted to make this like, man, four or five years ago when I learned about VR, let's make that John Carlos, Tommy Smith raising their fist in the air. And you're, you know, you put on your VR glasses, all of a sudden you're there and you got to go through that. Right, so there's there's a capability. I got all kinds of crazy. We can make you know, we can make Minecraft and Roblox maps with that. T- you know, we can do all this kind of thing. if if we have yeah. the you just have to have the know how, right? Like That's kids right. create worlds in, in Minecraft all the time. They're not creating historical worlds or anything like that. You can kind of do these kind of things. Um, and I just think that's where part of learning is is going. Yeah. Um, but again, Fortnite and MLK just seems like a weird mashup. Uh, yeah. But maybe it it leads to other things. I think there is one example. Am I coming through okay? Is my audio mm-hmm. all right? Yeah, yeah. you're perfect. Um, there is one example. I just put it in the chat. Um, I am a man VR. I think this is a game that is kind of showing us like a model of what that could look like. So Dr. Um, Derek Ham, he's a professor, black man, professor over at NC State. Um, and so he designed this experience and it's basically like leading up to activism, right? You know, so here you have, you know, a sanitation worker. He just want to do his damn job and everybody out there marching and protesting and meeting. And so all these things are like happening around him. And then he eventually reaches a point where he'll like, okay, all right, I'm going to join. And it's like the iconic sign that I am a man. You know, you remember the, the signs mm-hmm. that the, the workers yeah. like were wearing and, and they're marching, you know, down the street. And so it's a pretty powerful like experience. Um, and I think um, it's really interesting because I, I had my students do this experience one time and you know just like you were saying Lou about you know because it's VR and it's immersive like it's a different kind of like experience right and it was so interesting because we had different like you know VR games or you know they're playing they're shooting and killing and doing violence and all that stuff right and the the narrative was always oh I am doing this look at me this is who I am but as soon as you know the week that we did I am a man VR you know you're a black man you know, the students all of a sudden say, oh, look at this guy. What is he doing? They detach themselves mm. from mm. that experience, from the black experience. And so that's why, you know, I always think that, you know, a lot of folks have like high hopes for like these VR experiences. But I don't know. There's some kind of I don't know the psychology behind it, but there's this cognitive dissonance that that folks, especially, you know, white users, white audiences are actively disengaging, you know, from this content mm. because they don't want to like in- engage in it. And, and I'm a man VR. It's not, it's not a real dramatic, you know, kind of game, but they really were like, oh, whoa, my hands are black. And when they realized that they're a black man, they immediately worked hard to actively not be this mm. black man. You know, they want like the GTA experience where they can just do that racial tour through the hood, but then they can leave <laughs> that experience, you know? Yeah. So I yeah. mean, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. A lot of people are trying to do this immersive kind of thing with VR, but I don't know. I don't have high hopes. I really don't. No, that, I think that is. This is why we have you on, because see, we would have never known see, to even go there. I would no, never no. thought about that. No, they, but I think yeah, this I is also. But if we think about our colleagues who do film, who study film, right? We, this is this is a real deep kind of scholarly. We've gone all over. We went from fantasy football to film, but like one of the things that folks who talk about you know black movies quite regularly, like the reason we have these white protagonists in these predominantly black films. I made this comment today in class. I was like, this is the Matthew McConaughey, right? Like Matthew McConaughey's the person like in 12 Years a Slave. He's in the Free State of Jones. He's, you know, because because white audiences need to anchor. They can't anchor themselves mm-hmm. with um, Django, right? They can't be Jamie Foxx, right? So they need to anchor themselves with the German guy who's aligned with him, right? So they can see themselves in a positive light in this story 
that is, you know, to use, you know, that that is historically violent, you know, anti-black, right? Like there's, you know, slavery and Jim Crow and the violence. And so, you you know, they don't want to see themselves as the Klansmen. They need to see themselves as the hero. And I think is that that's this where we get the white savior yes. narrative. I didn't even think about that. That's that's wild. They so need you, to see themselves. Oh my god! So the, so like even in Sword. So we talk about this in with the forty two movie, right? Jackie Robinson is like we got to have Branch Ricky. He's got to be part. You know, he's a he like he was really there, but he gets this role, right? It's it's also important that they ha- they cast Harrison Ford, who is clearly identifiable for an entire multi-generational you know it's han solo so people that's indiana jones so they're going to recognize him and then identify themselves with him right um you see this in uh the thoroughgood marshall movie right where thoroughgood marshall is doing this thing and they have um the uh the guy who uh, the lawyer dude with him yeah the lawyer dude from frozen this is all i know right uh it's josh gad (laughs) i got kids um and and he's in it, right? And they have to anchor the Marshall movie. Am I missing here? The one with Chadwick Boseman. You you got it. You see? Oh, oh, so it's not like a crossover cartoon. Movie. No, no, okay, no, so no, no. But the guy, the, the 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 lawyer, the white lawyer, was the voice. Was, okay. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, he okay. was the okay. voice of Frozen. Okay. Come on, Lou. Your kids ain't that old. Uh, no, you saw Frozen. <laughs> um, and and so I think that there is. I think that this is part of that thing. And so it's interesting that you brought up VR because I think that. Part of one of the things that VR tries to do is that it, it it removes the white savior from the narrative. Like you can't pick when you can't pick, right? Mm-hmm. I think they're, they think that's interesting. But now you're saying is that even when they can't pick, they're like, "Yo, I remember that this is not me." <laughs> yes, that absolutely it. Like when there's like a woman, like you know, and I really I want to write about that because I thought it was fascinating. You know, I mean, it was a teaching moment, but it immediately turned into like, I'm, I'm observing and researching like, like in that moment, you know, so I think it's really like fascinating. Now, I don't want, you know, folks to think that I'm saying that there's like no hope for like VR and, but, you know, re- folks are really trying to use technology to really generate empathy and to like, you know, teach, you know, anti-racism and, you know, help people understand like anti-blackness and, and I, and I just always want to give them like examples of how that has not worked in the past. And so why would they think that it will work now? You know, like, I mean, I'm thinking about, you know, when, um, you know, Rodney King, you know, was beating the street and there was a camera and they were like, oh, let's put dash cams in police cars. Like, okay, mm-hmm. we did that. Did that stop anything? Mm-hmm. We got body cams now. Has that stopped anything? We got cameras on our phones and we got surveillance every street corner. It's like, right. like, has that stopped anything? So, I mean, folks, you know, they have high hopes and. But I think, you know, it just needs to be coupled, you know, just like what Lou said. Lou was like, okay, well, we experienced this interactive museum thing. Where's the breakout room? So where one of us are then there, hi, you just experienced MLK. Let's talk about it a little bit. You know, where where the people are like, you know, we can, we deconstruct and unpack, you know, the experience and also in the speech. Most people have no idea what they're actually saying. It's a beautiful speech, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm, I'm, yeah. It's my favorite. It's, yes. it's King's bounce check speech, right? Like he talks about America comes back and, and, right, and it comes back with insufficient funds. Like I was like, you talk about hold people to the feet to bars. the fire. Yeah, come on. Bars. That's it. He right? had bars in that one. I think I think probably the, the one that's up there is probably the letter from Birmingham jail. That mm-hmm. might be like the other one that's like, you know, where he's just like spitting, you know, facts and, and straight bars. But, you know, I people are not... Um, I really would like to know who their intended audience was for this, right? Because think about like how differently people will um, interact with this experience. You know, Mm -hmm. children who have, you know, from our generation and then, you know, like first all those folks are not there. But I'm also just thinking about just how safe Dr. King has been made for different audiences. Like I, in my rural town, I went to school in a place that we called Klan country. I learned about Dr. King and Klan, my Klan country school, you know? And so I just feel like that. I, I wish I, I wish I could know who was at that table when they decided to do this experience. You know, that's what, because I'm, I'm even thinking, you know, if we were to couple that person with the violence of this game, I'm like, y'all should have did, you know, Malcolm X pre Mecca, you know, that would have been a little more on brand for the game and it would have fit and made sense, you know, 
yeah. just, I just, but well, like you said, the optics of it, just, it's off. Go ahead. Well, the last piece is it, it, it does this thing where Vincent Harding, the, the great historian Vincent Harding talks about how they, had, uh, you know, the inconvenient truth where they had frozen King on that, that, that warm afternoon in August. Right. And this continues that freezing. Like, so part of it is also that King's entire life work, his evolving philosophy gets boiled down to this 19, 63 March on Washington speech, which is a fantastic speech. And we give them credit that they didn't do the edited version where they just give you the highlights that everybody gets. So they get in the whole speech. But, you know, how many of these users are coming in and really paying attention to? Because it's like, you got to listen to King, you know, like you got to, you got to like be active. And so can you do active listening? We, I try to talk to my kids when they're on their iPad doing a thing. It is impossible to do. So like, I can't imagine that the game is like, you know, King speaking to them. They're not, they're they're doing something else. Right. Like I wonder what that is. Right. And so I think that that to me, which I, you know, and the work that I did on Institute of Black World is always this challenge of how do we get beyond the 1963? How do we get beyond I have a dream and get to Memphis and talk about class and get to to King talking about anti-war, getting to King in a really much more complex uh, uh, analysis of America's social landscape, right? That is much more useful for our today time. Then it then actually, you know, much of the key highlights of I have a dream speech, because this there's a certain kind of king was always optimistic, but he was much more realistic after he comes back from Chicago. Like we got to start doing things differently. Right. And uh, I mean, this is part of the speech I gave at, at, at Grand Valley, you know, ooh. what? And ooh, look at that. 2018. Ooh. Um, and yeah, 50. Yeah. Uh, uh, and so I think that there is something to be, you know, I, I wonder again, like, who's the audience like uh, like who's thinking about this? You know, it's one of these good ideas. Um, I, I'm also wondering who's at the table, who's like, you know, who gets to raise the red flags and be like, look, what do y'all think about X, Y, and Z? What about this? Um, it'd been interesting to use a different speech that we hadn't heard. Beyond Vietnam? <laughs> yeah. Oh, 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 they ain't trying to do that. Because yeah, then the whole game is, the whole the whole premise of the game is flawed. Because you, like, it's a lot of violence. Um but like I don't know, like I you know I have, there's a lot of great great speeches that King has given, um, and we could think about that are, are thought provoking and and would force you because people feel like they know I have a dream. That's the other piece too. And I know it's really long. Only a few people know it, and it's those kids who memorize it and say it every MLK day. But they, you know what I realized? They say it really fast because you sit there through Fortnite, and it's a long. It's like. I think it's a shortened watered down one that we hear every MLK right. day. Yes. yes. It's not the full thing, I don't think. The full one, plus when you do King's cadence, because he's got that preacher cadence, so he's, you know, he'd be drawing out the words. Right. So be it takes like, time. They said, take his time. Take your time. He took his time. He'd be like, take your time. He'd be like, good afternoon. Ladies and <laughs> Y'all remember the Boondocks? I know y'all watch Boondocks, right? Y'all yes. remember the Boondocks Martin Luther King episode? I missed that one. Uh, okay, what? I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it. I'm watching. I'm watching. I hear I, some people referenced it today. I was like, oh, I gotta watch this one. You have to, because basically, I think you know his image and his likeness was being used by Apple products, and you know, mm-hmm. commercializing. You know, you know, I have a dream, but doing the same thing Fortnite's doing, right? And basically, and it also happened in a world where Dr. King did not die. Like he survived the assassination Uh, attempt. So he's still around. And I think it's like Huey is like, you know, basically asking him, how do you feel about this Dr. King? And basically, you know, he just had to go with it. He was like, well, you know, the, the, my imagery, I don't control my imagery. You know, I don't control like these things, like other people and other entities are controlling it. So, you know, it was really interesting episode. That's you funny. gotta watch it, Lou. You gotta watch it. I'm gonna watch it. Watch I'm, a, I'm gonna shout out Aaron Magruder, who is a classmate of mine at the University of Maryland. So. Oh, look at that! Look at that! Did you know him, or is he a classmate? Yeah, we, we sat in African American studies together. Uh, Did you know him, or was yes, he a classmate? I, I, I don't. Do I have his number now? No, I can say that. No, yeah. but we were classmates at Maryland. Yes. Did he, did he head like heads up like what's up, yeah, B? Yeah, absolutely. Like, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I mean, you like, I love it, and I love that he's back on you know the writing team of of Boondocks now, and I think they're gonna release like on HBO maybe yeah. whenever it comes out. So I'm really I'm interested because I think the last couple episodes were you know he wasn't there, and you could feel that he was not present. Oh, yeah, I haven't been watching, but I'll, I'll say this 
we're talking about who was at the table. Somebody spent a lot of money because time's evolved. So they've been working on, you know, time had their 50th anniversary stuff and they've been working on this VR piece for a while. Right. So somebody, and it's connected with, uh, the family, right? Yeah, so you can't, yeah. Of course, you got, got a lot of stuff signed off on to, to get that whole speech. So there's, um, my guess is someone at the King Center is involved. Someone at times, like there's some people in the room, maybe Van Jones. I don't know. Uh, I'm not knocking. Allegedly, Van allegedly, allegedly. Pretty sure he <laughs> allegedly, um, <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure. Did he just get a check there. too? He just got a check huh? from somebody too. Van Jones. Uh, and he's oh, who he did he get? Jeff Bezos um, money. Didn't Bezos money? Be- Bezos? Like, like spend a 40, it on whatever oh, you want. Spend, spend on what you want. Spend it on. It's 40 million. Oh man, I would be coming through some gators. <laughs> First of all. First of all, uh, let me I want to a real quick note because we right, talked about this money on? real quick. Because uh, Dr. Gray put it in our chat. That Epic, the company that makes uh, Fortnite, made five billion dollars last they're year. Big. Look, they're so big they don't need Apple, um, whatever that app service is, right? They went on their own. Um, yeah. People thought they were going to be done. That yeah, Apple was mad. You're, too. you're gonna you're gonna give us seven bucks for some V bucks, no matter who we're with. And I think they bet on themselves in that one. Oh. Yeah. You want to take won. us out, Lou? Do we have anything uh, questions, Doctor Gray? You got any questions for us? Now, always a great time with y'all. Thank y'all for having no, me back. We super appreciate you coming on. Like no, no time notice. Um, yeah, you know, anytime, through. friends. Anytime, friends. This is great. Well, All right. I want to say I'm thank you again for coming on. I will see you on campus. I'm so happy to actually say that out loud on the day. Hey. Hey. Uh, <laughs> I saw her first day I'm on campus, Lou. I run into her at Starbucks. Like, what? What's the, what, what, what's the drink? What's she going? She was getting water like she because she's conscious oh. like that. It was hot. It was <laughs> hot. Oh, oh. It was so hot. Hey, hey, you, know to... you know you came up on a new job when you buy enough water at Starbucks. You know you got that. <laughs> yeah. Kentucky SEC money now because water's free. You, you know you came up. You know that first check hit already. Oh my goodness. With that note, we are getting out of here. Thank y'all for All listening. Right. Thank you for, right. for coming on. All right. All right. Peace.